Bernie Radio, 103.9 FM, just after 9 o'clock. Good morning. Coming up at 9.30 is Building Texas with Justin McKenzie. But thank you for making your appointment to hear this inspiring show, God and Our Dogs with Meg Greer. The following is sponsored by GodandOurDogs.com. And this is Bernie Radio. I'm Clint Buck. And I'm Mary Adair. At Branscombe Law, our clients come first. Our talented and dedicated lawyers and staff take pride in offering solid legal solutions to individuals and their businesses. Our attorneys focus on a variety of legal practice areas, including litigation, real estate, water law, employment, energy, corporate formation, and estate planning. Our team is ready to serve you and your legal needs. Visit us at BranscombeLaw.com for more information. Discover a new perspective. God and our dogs. God and our dogs.com. Welcome to God and Our Dogs with Meg Greer. Join us online at GodandOurDogs.com. Subscribe, share, and stay. Now here's your host, Meg Greer. Welcome to God and Our Dogs. This is Meg Greer, your host. Our vision on God and our dogs is discovering a new perspective and rely on God the way our dogs rely on us. How does it happen? The same way our other relationships grow, spending time together, learning about one another, developing trust, and experiencing transformation. Dog stories told on the show reveal God in new ways. We look in the mirror of our dogs. In the reflection, we find aha moments bringing to light a deeper understanding of love, value, purpose, and belonging. Find us at GodInOurDogs.com. Click follow on the God In Our Dogs page on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast site and on YouTube, where you will find bonus material from our guests. We have four guests today in a theme pack, shows featuring guests from previous God and Our Dogs shows with similar themes and topics. Our guests today in order of appearance are Lulu Bells, Development Director for Hill Country Pregnancy Care Center, Dennis Blocker, War Dog Trainer and Handler, and author of The Dogs I've Known in Two Wars, Iraq and Afghanistan. Jacob Macby, founder and owner of My Favorite Service Company, and Sherry Spear, retired veterinarian and clinic owner. Our theme for today, lost and found. We love our dogs, so when they are lost, we exhaust all options to find them. Sometimes our dogs appear to be lost, but they are really choosing to live in our family. All of the stories today point us in God's direction. We begin with Lulu Bell's Development Director for Hill Country Pregnancy Care Center and former missionary in Vietnam. She discovered she and her dog Frisco had targets on their backs. Every morning I would take Frisco out for a walk and it became my routine and I think people in the neighborhood knew that and there was one morning in particular I just wanted to share with you which kind of was quite traumatic. Yeah, so what happened Lulu? I was walking Frisco and I was holding onto his leash and uh, someone from behind me came up, um, two men on a motorbike and they had a noose and they grabbed Frisco around his neck and they dragged him on a motorbike and I was holding onto the leash and I was also finding myself 
on the ground being oh, dragged wow. by the by the uh, motorbike. And when I realized that, I just had to let go, obviously. And I just cried and screamed as I watched him kind of being fished up by the gentleman. And then they just took off on me. And what a shock. Uh, you don't expect to have your dog actually kidnapped Lulu when you're walking him in the morning. You don't, but you do hear about it, especially in expat communities. This is in Vietnam. This is in Vietnam because they, people who are like the underground mafia there, um, recognize that expats have money. And they obviously have more money than the average individual who makes $150 a month. And so they took him for the sole purpose of ransoming him back from me. When I came to find out how to get him back, they had already told my friend who went to be my liaison my pattern. Uh, They knew the dog belonged to foreigners, and they knew my routine in the morning. Oh, my goodness. So is it like you see in the movies where they send you a ransom note, or how did you you do that? How did you get him back, Lulu? Um, I sent my friend to talk to some of the local neighborhood motorcycle taxi drivers. And because the motorcycle taxi drivers, they kind of all know what's going on. And um, the taxi driver took my friend down to a local area with Frisco's picture and showed the picture to these obviously gangsters. Mm -hmm. And they knew right away. And they pegged him out and they said, yes, foreigner dog, we have him. Wow. And so they asked for a price of $400. And my friend brought that price back. And uh, we know you just negotiate. That's just part of it. And we gave them $200. Well, she takes the $200 back to this area. And what they did in order to not be captured, which is the gangsters, they took her to a very, very remote home outside of the city. Okay. And somebody else drove Frisco to that remote house in the city and gave him back to her. And it was amazing because you could tell the dog knew because he knew my friend and he just jumped and leapt into her arms because that was the only safety he knew. Oh, wow. How long had he been missing? He was gone for about half a day until Uh that whole transaction happened. And Uh I was busy at the hospital getting, you know, the the road burn. Oh, sure. Getting treated. Kind of treated and brought back to the house. But um, it was just such a shock. I I have to tell you, it was very, very much in PTSD Mm -hmm. at that point, just Mm -hmm. not knowing. Yeah. So he leapt into your friend's arms knowing that he wasn't in danger anymore seeing her. Yeah. And so how long did it take for you to become reunited with Frisco? Um, She brought him immediately back to the house. And by that time, I was back in bed just kind of trying to explain to the kids that the dog got kidnapped. And and they were, I was trying to have to calm them down, myself down. And just about that time, she brings him back into the house. And he, it was such a, such a joyful reunion. It was almost shocking and surreal that he was back and that that whole situation had just happened in that morning. So, okay, I'm going to ask this question. It's going to sound like the stupidest question ever. How do you see God in that? (laughs) Without having the anger, because we know as missionaries, God called us to the Vietnamese people. To have to 
reconcile that in your heart when they do something as vile as kidnap your dog and then drag you on a motorbike. It is a hard hurdle to have to overcome immediately. And it, and it wasn't immediate. I just knew one thing was that when God calls you to a task, sometimes that task is not pleasant. Sometimes doing God's will is not pleasant. Mm-hmm. But it's the right thing to do. And so the most important thing for me was not to run away from the calling of the people, but to use this opportunity as a lesson to show and talk about God's ransoming back mm-hmm. sin. Yes, yes. And that had to really churn in my heart to learn how to get to a deeper level of forgiveness, to have a continued love for people that were that were willing to do hard things against me, which I did nothing. Right. Since you opened the conversation with other people about blessings and them knowing who Frisco is and the role he played in your family, how much your kids loved him, how much you loved him, and he reminded you of home and that connection, they must have really seen a blessing there. Uh, with knowing that he was gone, he was ransomed, just like we are. I mean, it would give them something to kind of hang their hat on, so to speak, wouldn't it? Something very tangible, for sure, mm-hmm. because they couldn't, they couldn't understand the sacrifice that Christ made mm-hmm. in order to buy us back. Certainly, I would think Frisco's worth more than $400, but that's just the law of the land. Right. Um, but the the buying back of something that's so precious and that you love. And I see that in what Christ does in our life. He loves us so tenderly and special with all of our marks. He is willing to to pay that price for us. Mm -hmm. And that was very, very much a lesson that our Vietnamese friends understood. And that we weren't willing to walk away from them and be angry at them because of what they did. You can't blame one person's sin on a whole country. Right, right. Wow, what a powerful experience that was. And Lulu, too, you know, the picture of the prodigal come returning to the father and um, jumping into your friend's arm. I can only imagine what Frisco did when he got home. And just that picture of joy. What happened when he came home? Well, he he certainly, um, we, we say that he just... I mean, he does these things, pugs do the thing called the Zoom Zooms, and they just run around in circles, just super elated, exuberant, happy, joyful, and he just was crazy. And he, for a long time, did not leave my side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I can I can see. What a powerful, powerful lesson that was to the outside world and so traumatic to you. Gosh, God's grace must have really helped you be able to continue to serve. Because you didn't go home for quite a while after that incident, did you? I stayed an additional four years Uh there. And uh, we ended up, when we transitioned to America, we ended up bringing Frisco with us. Um, But during the time of the four years, uh, I have to say I dealt with a lot of trauma because I, Frisco still has to go out for walks. And so I would be very, very afraid to look behind me um, mm-hmm. and of motorbikes driving past me, just it would trigger and bring up that thought again. Mm-hmm. And so 
oftentimes it, that was something that I really had to learn to trust God. Kidnapped and ransomed. What an experience for Lulu and Frisco. From desperate problem solving to celebration, plus a picture of ongoing love and obedience. If you want to hear more of Lulu Bell's stories, go to godinourdogs.com forward slash listen and her show is number 205. Now let's hear from Dennis Blocker about the reality of the effectiveness of dogs in a war zone. I was surprised when I got to Iraq in 2005, 2006, and the same thing happened when I got to Afghanistan in 2010, 2011. We were briefed in the incoming briefing that um, there was a bounty of $20,000 on our dogs. That's amazing. On their heads. And so I would always remind my handlers that, you know, you need to, not think about that bounty. I said, we're all here for a reason. We're all here for a mission. That is to protect our troops and our allies. And we're here to save lives. And I told them that if you, in fact, allow this bounty to be weighing on your mind all the time you're searching, it's going to affect you and it's going to affect your dog. All your feelings go down your leash to your dog. So it's amazing to find out that, you know, we are this target. Uh, yeah. Uh, because the dogs were finding uh, their explosives. The dogs were finding their buried weapons and large caches of ammo. Wow, that's and, interesting. And in the desert. And so the dogs were having a tremendous impact on the war effort uh, with the insurgents. And it reminds me that, and I thought this often when I was in Iraq and Afghanistan on this reward uh, for us, for our canines and, and my handlers and myself, that it reminds me that there's a bounty on each of us. And that bounty is the devil. He uh, wants our soul. And if we don't turn to Jesus Christ and accept Jesus Christ as our savior, the devil's gonna collect on that bounty. Mm-hmm. He's a bounty hunter. He's a bounty hunter for souls. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think of the verse uh, Romans chapter th- 6 and verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And uh, we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. We now have relinquished and the devil's lost that bounty, which mm-hmm. is our soul. And now God gets the glory. Staying focused with a bounty on your head is a lesson for us all. God awaits us with the promise of salvation and abundant life with Him. If you want to hear more of Dennis Blocker's War Dog Stories, go to GodInOurDogs.com forward slash listen, and his shows are number 217 and 218. Before hearing from Jacob Mackby and Sherry Spear, I'd like to tell you about our sponsor today, Branscombe Law. Clients come first at Branscombe Law. I've known their talented, dedicated lawyers for years. They offer solid legal solutions to individuals and businesses for real estate, water law, corporate formation, estate planning, and more. With offices in San Antonio, Austin, and Corpus Christi, their team is ready to serve your legal needs. Find your lawyer at BranscomLaw.com. God and Our Dogs has great sponsors. Please thank them when you see them. Branscombe Law, Wheeler's Western Outfitters, Kendall County Abstract, and the Rivers Team with Phyllis Browning. Because of them, we have a wonderful website, godandourdogs.com, including my blog and the sign up for a weekly Thought to Ponder. 
with stories based on my dogs on the Want a Treat page. You can also listen to those Thoughts to Ponder Thursday mornings at 745 and 845 on Bernie Radio 103.9 FM or the Bernie Radio app. Check out the show webpage for regular updates and resources. That's GodInOurDogs.com for lots of treats. Discover a new perspective. God and our dogs. Hi, this is Superintendent Tommy Price, and you're listening to God and Our Dogs with Meg Greer. We are back on God and Our Dogs. This is Meg Greer, your host. Our show is a theme show today about lost and found. We are featuring stories and insights from four of our previous guests. Our guests today, in order of appearance, are Lulu Bell's Development Director for Hill Country Pregnancy Care Center, Dennis Blocker, War Dog Trainer and Handler, and author of The Dogs I've Known in Two Wars, Iraq and Afghanistan, Jacob McBee, founder and owner of My Favorite Service Company, and Sherry Spear, retired veterinarian and clinic owner. Before the break, we heard from Lulu Bells and Dennis Blocker. Our next guest is Jacob McBee. Jacob's dog, Boudreaux, wasn't really lost. He found Jacob. I was at a customer's home running a, a service call, and this dog was there, and he followed me, you know, backyard, front yard, to my truck, back to the front door. I'd go inside, uh, I would work, I'd come back out, and he would sit there on the patio, wait for me, and when I'd walk out, he'd follow me again. And he basically spent the day there with me, and um, I asked the customers, like, you know, is this your dog? Conversation started. I don't remember exactly, but she's like, "No, he's just he showed up and he hasn't he hasn't left. He's super nice and nobody's claimed him or anything. He really needs a home. You should take him." I said, "Well, I don't know. I'm running service calls today. I'm busy. I don't really need another dog. Whatever." So <laughs> he kind of obviously latched on to me, and I must admit he grew on me as well. So I guess we started a relationship there during mm-hmm. that during that service visit which I was there for several hours. Anyhow, I decided I wasn't going to take the dog, and so I left. And as was driving down the road, I could see him running behind the truck. Oh, my goodness. In the uh, in the mirror, and no sooner than I stopped to say, well, I guess he's going with me. <laughs> he was in the back of the truck before I can even put the tailgate down. Oh, my. And uh, he was with me for... Uh, for many many years and uh, was just a, an amazing dog full of energy and and love and compassion and although he was you know just especially in his, his older days as he slowed down a little bit he got a little heavier but uh he was uh, well over 110 120 pounds and uh he would uh he would treat anybody as if he was a teacup <laughs> poodle i mean he just wanted to love cuddle and be this his best friend so isn't that fun oh my goodness well, you know, I love that story, and it really makes me think about God, because, mm-hmm. you know, how many times does, does God try and get our attention mm-hmm. in some kind of way, following mm-hmm. us around, and sometimes maybe even chasing us down mm-hmm. if we're not paying attention and we really need to. Have you ever had experiences like that in your life? You're referring to God. Right. Yeah, I guess, I guess you know, very much so if we, if we sit and think about what's going on and take into consideration, you know, that uh, that he is always there for us, with us, looking after us, seeking after us, and, and expecting us to do the same for him. 
think there's many cases where we can sit back and I can say that personally, you reflect back on things and think that I need to continue to act in a certain way um, as he is watching and he expects me to, uh, to do. And often also carry out the day and, and remember as I'm, I'm serving my customers, my children, my wife, my dogs, friends, that uh, what, uh, what God expects of me, they should expect no less. Boudreaux provided a life of love, compassion, and companionship. Jacob was not looking when Boudreaux found him. Their story is a familiar one to many of us. Maybe your dog found you when you least expected it, discovering a lifetime relationship. If you want to hear more from Jacob McBee, go to godandourdogs.com forward slash listen, and his show is number 211. Now we hear from Sherry Spear. She had the unusual experience of looking for two lost dogs. Tell us a little bit about Tiny. Tiny. So Tiny was a patient that belonged to a single mother. And the very first time I saw Tiny, he was a puppy and he had a significant heart murmur. Mm. And a significant heart murmur in a puppy is usually a significant disease process. So I encouraged her to go get that checked out and she did. But at the time, this was probably 18 years ago. So at the time, ultrasonography in veterinary medicine was not what it is today. And the ultrasonographer couldn't pinpoint exactly what the nature of the problem was. So she recommended going to A&M. At the time, that was the specialty referral and getting it looked at more closely. Well, she never did. And when she came in a year and a half later for follow-up, he was still okay. But he still had the horrible heart murmur, and she decided she was going to put him to sleep because she was a single mother, couldn't afford it, you know, didn't want to see him get sick. She had a son and didn't want him to see him get sick. And so I said, well, you know, somebody might want to adopt him and take him and have him fixed. And so she said, okay, well, you can have him. So she gave him to me, and my goal was to find a home for him. Well, once Tiny was put in a cage, he sort of became a little land shark, as Uh chihuahuas often can become, but uh, he loved me. I would walk in, and he would just wag his tail, and he just loved me. So guess what? (laughs) He became mine. Yeah. So naturally, I was going to take him to A&M and get his heart disease fixed, and so he he had a coil put in his heart to plug a hole, Mm -hmm. and he was about probably a year and almost two years old at that point. And we had him till he was 15 years old. So it was a successful surgery. Yeah. He just had a special place in my heart because he chose me and I loved him dearly. And I was his person. And at one point when he was probably about 11, 10 or 11, he got out of my husband's truck unbeknownst to my husband. And when my husband got home and realized he wasn't there, he went back to the last place he was stopped and he was nowhere to be found, and it was right by the highway. Oh, dear. So, of course, we were, you know, really, I was really traumatized. And um, so we put up signs everywhere trying to get him back. And five days later, someone called me and said, I've seen your sign. I think I have your dog. Oh, And sure enough, it was tiny. And so, you know, we got him back. And uh, I expected him to be all excited to see me when I went to the house, but he was traumatized as well. It was just, you know, I think he didn't know what was happening and everything. And uh, so 
I got him back, and, you know, we kept him with us the whole weekend. We were going to A&M to a football game, and we took him with us because we were going in our RV, and, and he got the treatment that weekend. And anyway, all was well. So yeah. we had him another five years or so. Oh, that must have been such a relief to find him. It that was. was not your first experience with a lost dog, no, was it? it wasn't. Um, years before, we had had a little dog who got out during a thunderstorm when we lived in San Antonio. And unfortunately, we never found her. But I looked for her. She would have been 30 years old, and I was still looking for her because it's so hard not knowing, you know, what's happened to them. Yeah. Well, you know, that really reminds me of the um, parables that are actually about lost things, Mm -hmm. lost coin, lost sheep, a lost son. Right. And, uh, you know, the... A lady searched and searched and found her lost coin mm-hmm. and celebrated. Um, I bet you felt, felt that way when you oh. found Tiny. Oh, yes. It was wonderful. I was elated. Yeah. 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 And uh, it makes me think about the lost sheep, how sad you know, it must feel to leave the flock behind and, and go look for that lost dog. And, right. You know, because at that yeah. time, we had four dogs. And two cat, you know, but Nikki was part of the family. Yes, and, of course. You know, so I, I can see now, you know, when God went to look for that, or Jesus went to look for the lost sheep, one out of a hundred. When we look for the one that's lost, sometimes we find and sometimes we don't. Heartbreak and love, disappointment and celebration. One individual matters, whether a dog or a person. If you want to hear more from Sherry Spear, go to GodInOurDogs.com forward slash listen, and her show is number 143. Thank you, Lulu Bells, Dennis Blocker, Jacob Mackbee, and Sherry Spear. Your stories illustrate the profound love we have for our dogs. These stories also point us in the direction of the immeasurable love God has for us. He seeks us in so many ways wooing us to himself. He ransoms us through Christ and all heaven celebrates our eternal life in him. So that leads me to a thought to ponder. Yes, P-A-W-N-D-E-R. Our golden retriever Maisie found her way through a small hole in the fence when she was a young puppy. I had a sinking feeling of panic and loss. What relief and joy I've felt when I found her. Maybe you've had those feelings too. I ponder, would I live a more grateful life if I regularly remember God found and ransomed me? Let me know what you think after pondering. Email stories at godinourdogs.com. This is Meg Greer and you've been listening to God and Our Dogs. I appreciate all of you and thank you for joining us. You can listen to the show again on our website or subscribe on your favorite podcast site. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for show bonuses. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn at God and Our Dogs and click follow. Subscribing and following help the show spread the word about discovering a new perspective to rely on God the way our dogs rely on us. Discover a new perspective. God and our dogs, God and our dogs.com. I'm Clint Buck, 
And I'm Mary Adair. At Branscom Law, our clients come first. Our talented and dedicated lawyers and staff take pride in offering solid legal solutions to individuals and their businesses. Our attorneys focus on a variety of legal practice areas, including litigation, real estate, water law, employment, energy, corporate formation, and estate planning. Our team is ready to serve you and your legal needs. Visit us at BranscomLaw.com for more information. 